Chapter Seventeen. Ethel moved up to the grill, so close that Wickham stepped back a pace, invisible though he was. Not that the captain seemed menacing. In the light of the torch, he looked exhausted. Still in his uniform, gaunt-faced and pouchy-eyed with a hint of glassy stubble on his jaw. The man put his face to the bars. Wicken, Wicken, answer me. Wicken moved back another pace. A trap, a trap for sure. But he can't see you. Remember that, he told himself. He eyed man intently. Sitting in his cell, he'd expected to be taken out and questioned maybe painfully. But it seemed they thought to having talk in quite another way, spilling all into a sympathetic ear. Well, they could think again. He was a fool no longer. Ethac seized the grill and rattled it. Lad, speak up, or lose the only chance you'll have of getting out of here. Wicken didn't move. Letting go the grill, the soldier half turned, swung back again. This is the third night's sleep I've lost on you. Stay put if you want, but you'll have to show yourself sometime or die here. Someone will be this way later, but tell how you left your cell or that we met. You die. Ethac made to walk away. We can swallowed. Like a father. A father. The man had been to him, sir. The call snagged in his throat, came out so hoarse that Ethac didn't hear him. The captain vanished around the corner. He tried again. Sir, captain, sir. Ethac reappeared, but he stayed back by the bend. I'll see you. Wickham shifted. Satisfied, Ethac walked back towards the grill, looking Wickham up and down, then heaved a deep, tired sigh. I'm risking everything. Rank, years of service, my life. Sir? If I'm caught helping you, will neither of us step outside a cell again, you understand? Oh, yes, sir. Before I raise this grill, promise to stay put and visible. Agreed? Agreed. First, Ethac bent, and taking up a fine black wire, that stretched across the passage floor, he spooled it up. 
Dickon nodded. A tripwire. So fine, he hadn't even sensed he had disturbed it. Pocketing the spool, Yvette stuck his hand into a hole in the wall and pulled out a rusty crank handle. Putting his weight against it, he heaved on it until, with a wail and a groan, he began to jerk it up towards the passage roof. Wickham watched, tight with expectation. Speak up, or lose the only chance you'll have of getting out of here. Was Ethac really going to help him leave the mountain? When the grill was high enough for Wickham to pass under it, Ethac pushed the handle back into the wall and wiped his hands down his tunic sides. We haven't long, so we must both be playing. Wickham snapped too. Was this, after all, a clever way to make him talk? You're wondering, I see, why I let you out and why we're here. Yes, sir. I owe you. My life, for one. In the past few days, I've been thinking, and I have decided. If I can, and if there's no harm, I shall repay you. But first, you have to clear my mind. Ethic glanced back towards the passage corner. The night the chawl got in, a clue met with a guard coming down the mountain. When they challenged him, he ran, and they gave chase. The guard fell off a cliff, was killed for sure, they said. Ethac fixed Wickham with his eye. It was you, wasn't it? Wickham gazed back, stunned. How stupid not to have realised. That crew and their escort had been bound to report the confrontation. Don't worry, it's gone no farther. But I need to know what happened. Wickham swallowed. How do you mean? Did you meet with anybody down there? Is our secret out? Wickham thought fast. Only Gong knew about the creek, and he would never tell. It was all forest. I didn't see any monsters or such. Ethet nodded. So that's good. He looked away, then swung back towards him. Why did you return? I can't say, sir. On account of the cure? When Wiccan didn't speak, 
Ethac leaned against the wall, holding his arms. You were up there when Bomac arrived, when Her Highness walked in. And you stayed Bomac's knife. I recognized your style, even though I couldn't see you. But how? No one had seen him shift until he'd gone to Ismarok's chamber. Oh, don't look so shocked. I've known about your nightly vanishing long since. Wiccan stood speechless. One of my men caught you at it once. Luckily, he reported straight to me, so it went no further. After that, we kept an eye out as best we could. Of course, we couldn't follow you around once you were invisible. But we know some spots you visited. You left signs all over, like the footprints along the mining tunnels. The captain cut a quick grin. There was some fuss with a night watch who claimed he saw lights in the plant caves. That was also you, wasn't it? Wiccan stared. All this time he thought himself so smart. And yet the captain seemed amused, if anything. Now he thought of something else. The day we went out hunting, you knew that you might make a run for it. Hoped you wouldn't, though, because of the spot it would put me in. So, when we split, that was a test, partly. I wanted to take you out some more, and so I needed to prove I could trust you. Lucky I was right, or I wouldn't be here now, for that troll would surely have gotten me. Wiccan looked down, recalling how close he'd come to running off. Oh, don't be so bashful, lad. What you did deserves the praise. Now, back to business. You got to the gear just before we did. Did you move her? No, sir. Do you know where she is? No, sir. I see. Ethan frowned, looking away. So that's that. That's what, sir? What Wiccan had said was true. He didn't know where she was exactly, but he had a fair idea. Had he given himself away? Had there been something in his voice? There's not many who knew of her. But over the years, some of them have wished her gone. I would have found out just exactly who by now, if their highnesses had allowed it. But they're too busy sorting themselves out. Istrid's acting queen, you see, until Ismorok's on his feet, and she doesn't take kindly to his being over her. She would have me question folk, but his highness says no. 
he's asked to see you over Istrid's strenuous objections. You ought to have audience with him tomorrow. And after that, you're to be questioned hard by me. Oh, Wickham shifted his feet. Oh, don't worry. If I'm satisfied, you won't be doing either. But I'm not yet. Not entirely. For one thing, you get out of here, get clean away without a scratch, and then come back in the teeth of a blizzard. Why? Wickham remained silent. To see the care? Wickham nodded. No point in denying it. Ethap shook his head. Why? You just couldn't leave her. That Wickham could answer. I felt drawn. Mm -hmm. How did you know about her, all the way up there? Did someone tell you? Before Wickham could answer, Ethac nodded as to himself. Of course. You found her on one of those tours of yours, and right under my guard's noses, he added. No smile now. You knew that you were elated. Wickham felt the heat rush to his face, felt it drain away. Not until Bomac said that we are kin. Ethac sighed. Well, that's another I owe you. Not telling you all these years that you are not alone. To my mind, you had a right to know, even though the poor lady can never waken. Who but she can and will? We can almost cried out, but stopped himself just in time. The captain shook his head. I couldn't tell you. Morrock's orders. Ethac glanced again towards the passage corner. We're almost out of time, but I'm not done. The toughest bone to swallow is the little matter of that small brown bottle. There's a lot of questions being raised about it in different quarters. It's not of Quigmoran make, nor is the stuff in it. How did you come by them? And how did you know what the stuff was for? Wickham remained silent. Cough up, lad. What you say will stop right here. You have my word, Ethan added, as still Wickham did not trust himself to speak. Wickham searched Ethac's face, saw no guile in it. He reached out, nudged the edge of the captain's mind, sensed no trickery there either, only concern touched with anxiety, on account of the passing time, likely. But 
Wiccan couldn't say anything without giving away gum, or letting on that he, Wiccan, had brought a stranger into the mountain. That the captain would never condone. In fact, he might not countenance anything he said. Yet, if he didn't say something, Ethac wouldn't help him, and then would have to question him anyway, hard, in front of his men. I came upon the remedy, sir. How and where, I can't say, or how I knew its properties and how to apply it. But nothing I have done will bring harm to the creek. The captain looked back at him, his features blank under the solitary torch flare. Wiccan sensed a drawing away. Reaching out once more, he met with sadness and pain. Not hard to guess its cause, thought Wiccan in a rush of guilt. Ethac, who had done so much for him, had now risked everything to help him. Yet he, Wiccan, would not return the trust. He looked down, measuring the pots of shadow on the tunnel floor, as miserable as he had ever felt. Still, he kept silence, for the secrets were not his to surrender. Ethac turned from him, and for one moment Wiccan thought all hope of help was ended. Then, wheeling about, the captain slapped his hand against his thigh. I am not satisfied. Not at all. But I've watched you from the time that you could walk. Outsider you may be, and strange, with gifts that few suspect. You are reckless and headstrong and unmindful of the rules. Ethac's mouth twitched there. Yet I'd stake my life that you're no traitor, that you would never break an oath. As I said, the day I took you hunting, you could have run off but didn't. The other night, you could have done the same. Yet you walked slap into a cell to save his morrow. The captain folded his arms. If you left now, what would you do? No use dodging that one. Try to find my people, sir. Ethac looked sharp. But you don't know who they are. No. Meaning no disrespect, sir. Do you? Ethac's eyes glinted. I do not. 
Not even Morrock did, although... He looked away. Wickham's skull cricked. Ethag knew something. Something he was not inclined to share. Ethag started up again. A mind fast. We guess they can't be too far with her out alone like that. Wickham blinked, thinking what a strange thing to say, and not what had been intended he would bet. So, if you ever found them, you're not to tell of us. No, sir. What had Ethac opted not to say? He, who'd so insisted keeping back no secrets, he who'd insisted on keeping back no secrets. On a hunch, Wickham spoke up. Sir, is there more about the Kier and me that you're not telling me? The captain bristled. Didn't I just say I don't know who your folk are? Do you doubt my word? Oh, that look. How many times on the wrestling mat had Wiccan quailed before it? Yet now he held fast against its full force. You spoke of my folk. What of the kill? What is she to me exactly? Ethac's turn to stay mute. Looking into the man's eyes, the pain was in them now, shining clear. A shame. And in that moment, Wigan saw, and marvelled that he hadn't seen her. They said that I was found outside. It was a lie, wasn't it? Ethac's face was set. We can press home. You were there when they brought her in. And I was with her, wasn't I? Tell me, tell me the truth. The captain stayed rigid. Father, thought we can grimly looking at him. No question as to whose side he was on. Risen common grunt to captain of the royal guard. A king's man through and through, never telling anything but what was known already. We must both be plain, you said just now, Wickham said bitterly. It seems it meant just me. He braced himself as Ethel flushed a deep dark red. But the captain turned to the rough adze wall, and leaning his arms against it, stood looking down. I never actually saw. I was down in the ranks and fighting in the tunnels, but I got the word. His voice was low, 
and muffled. You and she were bound together. With that shawl her highness wears. Gift from her father, huh? They thought you both dead. But after a day or so, you came around a squalling like any other baby, that's all. Or, Wickham's mouth was dry. He stared at Epoch unseeing. The first time he had come upon the Kia, he had been so unaccountably drawn to her. When he'd learned they shared a blood bond, he'd understood it somehow. Hoped they might be cousins, even brother and sister, seeming close enough in age. But... And now he exclaimed softly, as he realised at last, while he had grown these forty years, she hadn't aged a bit. Heat rushed up, breaking into sweat across his brow. Up under the peak, the song he'd heard coming from her bed. Mothers sang it to soothe the newborn into sleep. Newborn. He dug his knuckles hard into his chest. The strange and lovely shawl with which she'd bound him to her. A baby shawl. They'd taken it from her just as they had taken him. You've guessed, I think, said Ethel. My mother? 